What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hustlers. I'm your host, Loss. Uh, I've got my man Sharan today. Producer Purge, roll that I'm intro. Gotta flow. I gotta stay on my hustle, you know that I'm grinding for sure. I came out right from the bottom, now they see me chasing my goals. Now they see me on the go, now they see me on the road. It's time to hustle, yeah, it's time to grow. I'ma shoot for the stars and we ain't for the gold. What's up, my man? Thanks for uh, making the wee trip in, bro. Anytime, Jumping bro. On. Anytime. Um, Bro, let's make a quick shout out to our sponsor, the podcast about fitness um, in the Mount and Papa Moore. Awesome little hit gym, bro. I have to take you there when you come down. Yeah, bro, for sure. Gun little spot. Uh, Kane and the Stav created. Uh, you guys want to join up? You just go up and mention Hustlers. Uh, you get a $0 joining fee, so you save yourself 50 bucks and you get your first week free. Um, you definitely want to try it out. Um, honestly, like coming from experience, I go there, so um, gun little spot. But my bro, Sharan. How are you, bro? Um, first of all, you're a poor bastard with your name selection. <laughs> Uncle Gav really was on the puss with that one, eh? <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely given me a few hard, hard times <laughs> of my upbringing, bro, for sure. Um, sometimes I just sit there contemplating where he even where he made it up. And you and I both know that he doesn't even drink, so I'm not too, <laughs> sure. I'm not too sure what was going on. He was up to fucks that day. Really. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Oh, let's call him Sharan." Um, how you been, bro? Like, how's how's life? How's um, been really good, bro. Been really good. Life's um, it's busy. Yeah, um, it's hectic, uh, but I love it. And been really busy um, with work, uh, yeah, with with training and stuff. Just trying to keep my mind and my body fit. Um, but really blessed to be here, bro. Really proud of you. Um, I know we did a podcast. What's it going on? Maybe two years ago now, eh? Been a while, eh? Um, they got while. taken down, but <laughs> <laughs> we've upgraded for sure. So, um, yeah, bro, I'm blessed good. to be here. So, yeah, life's been really good, bro. Really good, really good. you just want to give like a little introduction um, on yourself for those who might not know you, bro? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sharan Matawi, uh, 22 years old, grew up in a small rural town called Odor down in... Um, South Taranaki, uh, grew up on a dairy farm there, uh, my parents, my older sister, so grew up running a muck outside, um, didn't have much in the way of technology and electronics, but it was the best way to grow up, man, so um, went to small primary school, probably 150, 200 kids max, um, but again, um, we all kind of grew up the same, yeah. you know, like we lived right across the road from school, so walking to school on bare feet, no lunch, just run home for lunch type of thing, so um really grateful for that type of upbringing um kind of moved into town for intermediate days and then went down to palmerston north uh maori school called tutor which is kind of where our link kind of started so yeah um year nine year ten spent two years down in palmy and was lucky enough to get a a footy scholarship to king's college like yourself um for three years so i spent three years at king's and some of the best times of my life, man. I'm mm. pretty keen to dive into that journey. Compare ours, obviously, you, you yeah. had a good one at St. Kent's, but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of learnings from there. A lot of regrets, to be honest. Yeah. Going to Kings. Um, well, not going to Kings, but some of the stuff I experienced there. Yeah. yeah. But definitely an unforgettable, an unforgettable time. So that's a little bit about me. Um, just grateful to be here, man. Bro, so you've always, yeah, you've had like a massive footy background, bro. That's obviously um, where we essentially linked up at the start. Mm. Um, I remember we sat down in Tiako Key, Papamoa, shout out. Um, 
we sat down in their gym, we had your two tour, um, I don't know what it was, like a get together of some sort. Yeah, I can't really, I, I do remember it. Um, um, actually before that, I remember when I first met you was, um, well not kind of met you, but sort of knew about you, was I came down to, you guys had like an under 15s comp in Gizzy bro. Um, oh sorry, not in Gizzy. Was it, in, uh, in Ge- was it against Gizzy maybe? I don't know. Anyway, you were, yeah, you were in Wellies at St. Pat's. Um, you would have been year nine at the time, same as me. Yeah. I'd just come back from my tourney. And ugh, I turned up and you, the man was kicking at like 55 metres, bro, at year nine. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? Who is this? It was one Jay? of those Adidas balls, bro. You know, <laughs> oh, bro. You know, and they fly it like an extra 15 metres. you're kicking, G. It don't matter what ball you're kicking. At year nine, to be kicking it that far. Bro, you know what's funny? Like, there's, there's, not a, there's not a chance I could hit that now, eh? You reckon? No, nah, not a chance, bro. You reckon? I reckon. Bro, after after retiring, my pins have gone down. No <laughs> strength, bro. No power. But we we sort of linked up at that um, at that get together. Um, remember, we sat down. We had some deep chats, bro. Because mm. um, obviously, at that time, you had the guys like Rupina around. You had Putty Putty. Um, who else was there? The Inaris, Eddie and Brian. Eddie and Brian. Um, there's a few there. Oatsy was there. We Oatsy. had Picky Rogers. Not too sure if you knew Picky. Like, there's some pretty. And like we sort of sat down and kind of had like a, almost like a goal setting kind of um, meeting, I guess. Eh? Yeah, it was. Young, it was a pretty I powerful way. Yeah, yeah. To kind of be able to, um, I suppose, be given that space to be able to open up and talk about our dreams in front of Do our parents. Do you remember parents, what you said that day? I can't, no, I can't. I can't remember what I said, but I remember what you said. I remember what I said too. It was just a bit. I That's think good, about bro. That was a bit embarrassing, bro. Like, um, I just remember I'll touch on it, bro, because I remember like going up to Kent's. Obviously, I went around and I did like the the introduction or the tour around the school with yeah. with Ty. Um, and every teacher I met with, bro, they were all just like same thing. Like, are you gonna are you gonna be as good as Sam Knock? Are mm. you gonna fill all big shoes to fill? Are you gonna fill Sam Knock's shoes? At the time, he was schools schools halfback and um, probably the best halfback in the schoolboys at schoolboys at that time. Hundred um, percent. And I just said that like when we had that meeting, I can't remember what they actually asked us, but I was just like, all this sort of stuff. Kept like, people kept asking me if I'm gonna be the next Sam Knock, and I was like, oh man, I just want to be. Carlos Bryce like I just want to be yeah. next Carlos Bryce I want to go to that school and just for people to think that oh it's Carlos Bryce not the next fucking yeah that's yeah 100% similar similar to, to me as well like I was the 10 after Joshuani left at Kings yeah shit and same type of thing like filling in a 10 jersey like it was year 13 I was going into year 11 yeah like for me that's a big big step up and yeah a lot of expectations on my shoulder I probably didn't have quite the expectation like to my face but i know there was a lot of people there who expected me to do good things there yeah um and i enjoyed that challenge but i probably took it um too seriously and i think that i expected myself to be that person yeah 24 7 in reality i wasn't i wasn't there yet yeah so um, but i do remember sitting down in that school um was it tiako key i remember yep. um sitting down in that room and i remember like I was at Kings my first year, you were off to Kent's. I remember like us being the same age, you were nine, I was 10. I remember trying to think big picture, thinking, man, I'd wish that you and I could don a nine and 10 schools jersey on together. I remember saying that, bro. Like I pretty much remember that 
we did it bro. <laughs> out of out of those whole, whole two days that's probably the one conversation that stuck with me and i suppose looking back on it now to to kind of finally get there man what a what a journey what an experience eh? yeah that was fuck i mean we'd, like to you think you sit down at like that sort at, well we would have been probably what year 10 maybe at that time or year nine yeah, year 10 year 11 um like we sat down and schools to us at that point is everything bro like making new zealand schools you think is the end of the world bro like like that's your just ultimate goal yeah and i feel like for us to you know to set that goal like fuck, we're gonna be nine or ten are you 13 we're gonna do it and then to sort of speak that into existence and it actually happened bro like against what australia that's pretty gun or oh, well, who did we go against fiji we're against fiji yeah fiji, fiji. yeah it's when i got injured eh? oh yeah you got injured yeah oh, that's a good story that bro to be honest yeah no nah, um, that's cool I, I think um yeah i i still think of it like you know it's just a cool little thing to think back and like fuck you set those goals as a as 14 year old so yeah and then to achieve it when you when you turned 18 was pretty fucking cool yeah uh, what what like when you're at Kings, bro? Because just in terms of being at the school and being at a private school like that, it's with such a prestigious or, or such a prestigious school. How did you find it? Like in terms, like life wise, um, I love today. Like yeah, I'm the same, bro. I um, I was the same as you, man. I loved it. I bought into everything. I bought into the culture. I bought into life outside of of school and i probably th- I, looking back on it i probably liked that side of kings more than the footy than the footy was the lifestyle how they lived um where they lived uh, it's a completely different world to what i was used to you know like as i said before growing up on a farm dairy farm cows running across the road to school yeah. with bare feet <laughs> and now i'm in you know i'm in um, Rimueta with in a king's mansion yeah. at parties and <laughs> You know, like there's, That's wild, you know, man. like there's parties and there's people giving you drinks and you're 16 and there's girls and, you yeah, know, like it's yeah, just a completely, yeah. like I was in that environment and mm. there was no way you were taking me out of it because, <laughs> you know, like. For sure, bro. Do you, you know, remember my first party, G? Um, like the first I don't know if I remember actually, my first one, but I remember a lot of parties and they were real bro, good like, fun, man. I just remember thinking like going to the first like party out there and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. The it's like houses, bro. It's like something you see on the movies, eh? <laughs> Actual, G. And I suppose for them it's kind of normal, but when you come from an upbringing and a background that you and I came from, it's like a complete slap in the face. Yeah. It's probably what yeah. I'd describe it as. But, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. Um, wish I could do it all again, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat, to be honest. In terms of the school culture, I love that as well. Yeah. I loved the history of it. There's, this, there's a room uh, called the Archive Room in Kings and it spans back uh, when they first moved to New Zealand. So yeah. they first started in Rimuera and then they moved out to Otahu by the train station and it's just full of history. And you know when you can just feel like that essence oh, of history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in terms of a school, it's wicked, man. Like, True. I'm not too sure if Kent's have it, but man, I don't think so. one of my favourite parts about that school is called the Archive Room. So There's, I want to I wanna nip the... Um, rumor in the in the bud i'm not sure if it's or i don't even know if you know it's true but apparently there's a, a wee teacher's bar have you ever heard about that at the school somewhere yeah is there um there is oh yeah but i think it's been taken away now oh yeah yeah so um 
I used to hear about it. I used to hear about it at school. Yeah, we used to we used to have like gap gappies. We used to call them gappies. People who were on gap years yeah, from yeah, like yeah. overseas, yeah. and they were like real close with some of the students, but also most of the teachers as well. Yeah. So we'd kind of go to them for a little bit of a little bit of info, and they kind of said that yeah, we'd have a few beers up there, but it's definitely a lot more calm than what it used to be. I'm sure. Yeah. Do you, all right, like it used to be wild. I thought, um, and I wanted to sort of ask you about that. Um, the games you played, like those Auckland Grandma Kings fixtures, bro, like even your first one, you would have been, what, 15 years old. Mm. Um, and, like, you were the kicker, you're starting first five. Um, fuck, how many people were at those? And, like, like how did, it, how did it feel to be out, like, to actually be out there in front of them? And Man, it was, um, you know, you, you actually take it for granted because I look back at it now when I went to the one this year and I thought, man, I'll do anything to just play one more game, yeah. a Kings Grammar game. And going to Kings, yeah. I never knew how big a Kings Grammar game was. Yeah, And it starts from the Monday, bro. So much like any other footy season, you look at your calendar and you look, oh, yeah, we'll circle that game and that game. Those are our two big games. That's one that you that you pencil in at the start of the year. So if you play grammar on a Saturday, Monday morning, you're walking up to school and there's banners and everyone coming up to you, are you ready for grammar week? Like sure. they call it grammar week and the assembly, like you're based off grammar week essentially. And it's a whole, um, it's a whole school thing, man. Like yeah. everyone buys into it and it never changes. You know, you think the tradition dies, but it's running strong. And my first year, 2014, I was 15 years old. I probably only notched up five caps for the first 15. Um, still had, didn't really know what I was up to. Just still kept giving, getting given the 10 jersey. Uh, we're doing all right, but that year they had like, that was Rico's last year, Sean Stevenson's last year, Sam Olafanoa. Um, so they had a big, that was like their peak year. And we were kind of like in, in, a, in a building year and we played it at home. Um, we're at Kings. And it was a perfect day for footy, man. Like, sun was just going down at warm up, no wind. Um, but for me, like, the day started, my parents came up, um, we went and had lunch, and I was just looking at my book the whole time, looking at all our, all our players. It's almost like if I was forgetting the players every three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, it's probably me psyching myself yeah. out, to be honest, but relatable feeling though yeah 100%. like there's like i came from a field where you play and like the farmer moves the cows and then you go and play and now like 15 years later <laughs> you know like there's a guy on a big mower mowing strips yeah yeah so, like yeah. like you know how you know how a field like looks like yeah. it's going one way and then the other way <laughs> and then there's like cross check it bro there was that there was painting on the field like king's grammar there was scaffolding for sky tv there was a fence around around the field so like all of that kind of played into my nerves as well yeah how many people were there oh bro it was the 200th game grammar game one. my first game Holy so shit. i think it was the 202nd but two of them were never counted so they celebrated it as the 200th Oh yeah. Um, so like that added pressure like it was massive man and as a 15 year old i just thought i just wanted to take it all on the chin and I think there would have been, oh, it's hard to say, like roughly there's about six, 7,000 people at those games and that game was no different. I and remember. it feels like even way more because you're like, you're at like a school field, you're not at like a stadium where there's heaps of seats. Yeah. It's six or 7,000 people around 
a field. In close proximity to the field, you've got your sideline, you've got your touch flag a metre out, and then maybe two, three metres, you've got just students and, and, yeah. and supporters going crazy. So I remember you run through the tunnel, but I remember that hucker, bro. I remember being so wound up. I'll flip it back, actually. Being so wound up walking into the changing rooms after hucker, and our coach was like, just be calm, boys. You've still got a hucker to get through. And I thought, far out. We've still got like at least 10, 15 minutes till we kick off. And I was ready then, you know. So you had your speeches, yeah. then you ran out. That was overwhelming. And then you line up, and then grandma did their hucker first, and then we did our hucker. So I remember having to just close my eyes, bro. Because, that, yeah. because I was just so overwhelmed. Like, I'd, I'd probably cry if, if yeah. I opened my eyes, you know, yeah. like, and I felt like I was sleeping, bro. Like, I felt like I remember opening my eyes and both, like, grandma's haka contingent and ours had both left. And I was like, oh, sweet. Now, now I'm good to go, yeah. you know, so, um, crazy feeling. We lost. Um, we scored first, got my first kick over, yeah. uh, missed my second penalty, but clinched my third and unreal experience man like i've still got the i've still got the game recorded on my telly at home oh, so yeah, yeah wicked experience man what was it like the feeling like having the school sort of behind you doing the haka it's um because that's obviously the like thing that kind of went almost far away like the thing that yeah people know, most well know the that fixture for is the huckers that they do behind the teams yeah it was massive um i think for me what was even even bigger was they had your back before that game you know like i knew that they'd go out and do a mean hucker but i'd have random kids coming up to me like year nine year 10 just coming up shaking my hand saying hi you know like on the monday tuesday morning and that for me meant more than a hucker you know like that to me meant damn like i i actually am a role model to these kids and these guys actually have got my back so for them to do a hucker was a like it was a no-brainer for them, you know, and I'm grateful for that. So, so how like how much the schools up there buy into um, the games and stuff? Eh? It's just crazy, man. It's, like, it's it's literally like the almost the school is run by the rugby in the first fifteen, like during those big parts of the year. Hundred percent. And if you think about our country, like we're a fo- we're a rugby country. Yeah. You know, we're such a small country. Our All Blacks are the best in the world and have been for the last ten years, man. Yeah. So, it's no it's a no-brainer that our schoolboy footy is the best in the world as well. Yeah. So um, I don't think it's like that by chance. Um, it's just, it's a different realm. And like if we kind of go on that topic of big schools poaching players to go play for them, like I understand that counter argument, but for me, I would not be where I am without that opportunity. Oh, Three 100%. years at a private school, private education, boarding school opportunity, like, yeah, you can say it's poaching, man. I like I had the best times of my life. I learned the most and you during chose those times to go there as a person. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't. I I on the exact same with that, bro. I don't agree with, um, you know, like the people talking about poaching. First of all, everyone does it just at different scales. Like yeah. the only reason that those big schools get pulled up for is because it's so expensive to go to those schools. So yeah. the scholarship is worth more, but like. You're giving kids opportunities, bro. And like, I, like, what about that? Not that long ago, um, all the teams boycotted St. Kent's. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, fuck. Like, it's still. I know you're bringing in people from other schools, and majority of it is for rugby. But they're getting an experience of a lifetime. Some of those kids are coming from 
shit houses and shit upbringings and getting put on a big stage and getting an opportunity to become something that they want to be and that's the thing man like yeah majority of them are brown brothers like you and i and there's no way i would be where i am right now not even half the man yeah if if i hadn't have experienced what i went to at king's if i I didn't go to king's i wouldn't have signed a minor 10 contract in my last year of school Mm. if i didn't sign a minor 10 contract i wouldn't have had a look in at chiefs yeah you know like there's no way I'd probably be a scaffy or a chippy, yeah, yeah. you know, and like, it's just, it's just an opportunity, man. And it's one of them you just can't turn down. Yeah. Like, and, and then like, like main thing is that people need to still remember is that it's not like you have to go to those schools to make it. Like you don't have to go to a big school to become something. It's just for certain people like yourself and like just you and I, like those sort of key moments in our lives were very important to get us to where we were and that's the thing and it was like a means to getting where we wanted to be yeah. we had big dreams growing up as yeah. young maori boys and those opportunities opened those doors for us and you're right i made the decision to go my parents and the coach and the headmaster asked me is this what you want to do not yeah. they asked me they weren't telling me yeah you know so i even remember the first time i met my coach says he was like like yeah we want you to come play rugby but ultimately we want you to be a good man we want you to learn skills to be a good person to be a good husband a good father yeah you know and like that for me is 10 times more important than being a rugby player yeah yeah and that's that's some of the stuff that they don't see you know like the media twists it on its head so i i remember seeing this article um come up once like this was after i'd left school and um and it was like uh about St. Kent's and mm-hmm. how there's, they have a history of poaching and stuff and I popped up on it and it was a photo of me and it was like Carl's Price was poached from Tauranga Boys College and then it had a little insert from my principal bro back then and I was like oh this one hits really close to home um, we lost uh, Carlos at year 11 um, to be poached up to thing and uh, we were really disappointed and heartbroken and all this sort of shit and I was just like first of all I didn't have a single conversation with you when I left. You didn't tell me to stay. You didn't, to like, you know, we let them know we were going. I mm. was going. They didn't tell me, oh, like, we could help you with this if you do stay or, like, you know, like, we really think that you could make it here. Nothing, bro. Yeah. Like, we didn't hear a single thing. And then when it all comes out, they go, oh, like, it hits close to home and all this shit. And I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I just, I got, I got a little bit piped up about it. And I was just like, bro, you didn't even talk to me. Like, you like, don't act as if like yeah. this is in like you probably see this and like it's true like don't you can't sort of act like like it was this big loss and that you had tried to fight so hard to yeah. keep it when it didn't happen and yeah i don't know i just i don't agree with it um the reality is everyone does it everyone's gonna do it um the you can, there's a there's a double-edged double-edged sword like you can see the good and the bad and everything, but I mean, I just yeah, I don't no, see I agree, it man. I agree, one hundred percent. I remember um, I went to the Kings Grammar game this year, yeah, and I was up on the ba- I was up on the um, on the bank, and bro, it kind of hit me that it's a uh, it brings people together. So, mm. like, I had boys that were year nine when I was year thirteen; they were there with all their crew. Um, I had when I was year 11 and the year 13s two years above me they were all there you know yeah. like they're all coming from all over the country man Dunners Wellington 
just to watch this game you know and like it, it brings people back together it's a culture it's a tradition and it's one that you if you're if you're a part of man it's just it's second you to sure none. oh bro it's like a cool cool thing to be a part of that like yeah you just like like i've said it to people and uh, there was a young boy from um from where i'm from from down the mount who had been given a scholarship to kings and he didn't want to go and his mum somehow got in contact with my old man um and just said oh can carlos talk to um thing about the yeah. opportunities and stuff like that and i mean i'm not uh, i sat down and i was like i'm not here to tell you like to force you to go yeah like, i i was still at school i think then I was like, i'm not telling you like you should go because it's but i'm like it is scary at the start but some of the things you get to experience bro like we're pretty blessed no one gets to like not many kids get to experience that yeah. and especially coming from at the time mount was quite a small little um spot not anymore but mm, yeah um yeah i was just like bro there's just some there are some cool fucking things that you get to be a part of that you won't get to otherwise and it's an opportunity that is scary at the start but i would definitely take it if you get the opportunity 100 percent. he did and he loved it which is um, which I was stoked for. He oh, played man. the first. He played for the first thing. He played those grammar fixtures. So, yeah. Um, no, nah, I was happy for him. Bro, so you after school, obviously we played schools together. Um, we got like first year out of school. Um, we got pulled into that that twenties team to go to Oceania together in New Zealand twenties, <laughs> bro. Um, you got pulled in like late, eh? Yeah, I was last minute, bro. So someone got injured, or oh no, Geordie couldn't come, eh? Geordie Barrett. Geordie, yeah, JB couldn't come. Um, it happened real fast for me, eh? I remember, I remember you getting named in the first camp, and I wasn't even in the Chiefs twenties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember um, living in the Chiefs house, and Chiefs twenties had a training, and I'm pretty sure they were either short on numbers or. Or for some reason, they asked me to come train. Yeah. I ended up making the bench um, at nine, playing halfback. Oh, no way. Oh. <laughs> I ended up playing nine, bro. Oh, training at nine all week. Play the Blues on Saturday. I go on at 10 oh, with like shit. 20 minutes to go. Um, hadn't played nine before, well, like maybe a game yeah. back in the day, but... Ended up playing 10. We still lost, but we came back a bit. Bro, when I came on, we were losing by maybe 20, 25. There or thereabouts. Bro, Sevi scored a double. Um, Like, momentum changed. Like, we're in for a shot. We just ran out of time, man. Yeah. And, like, it was probably one of the best games I've ever played, to be honest. Like, I was clear, and for some reason, 20s coaches were there, and New Zealand 20s, rather. And Pulled you in. What's that? Pulled you in. Oh, I didn't even have a yarn to them, to be honest. Like, all I remember is that after that game, we played another game against the New Zealand 20s trial team. Yeah. Not your team, but the other one. And I played it right there as well. But I remember getting told by our 20s coach, Chiefs 20s, is, oh, if you play right here, you could be in a shot for Oceania. And at the time, like, Matty Lansdowne was the 10 as well. Mm. Um, who was the other 10 there? Tian. I remember Tian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Tian was there. Um, and Maddie, and Maddie had made it the year before, and I was like, oh, "This guy's a shit one hundred percent." You know, yeah, like yeah. Maddie was a close mate of mine as well, so well, he still is. So um, there was definitely a lot of competition there as well. So I remember playing that trial twenty, and then 
going back to Hamilton, walking out of uni, get a, um, my phone starts ringing from an unknown number. I was like, oh, that's weird. And like, for me, bro, I've got real bad phone anxiety. Yeah. So if I see a random number, I'm like, there's no way I'm picking this up. <laughs> oh, yeah, not a chance, bro. Like, no caller IDs. <laughs> like, throw my phone away. <laughs> I'm getting better now, but for some reason, bro, I just like, sacked up and was like, hello, Sharon speaking. Sharon, mate, ra 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 We keen on taking you to Oceania. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, some cat's pulling a prank on me, eh? Surely, like... <laughs> fuck Like, six, <laughs> six weeks ago, bro, I wasn't even in the chief setup. Are you sweet? Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, got pulled into camp late. Um, crazy times, man. That was scary. Yeah, that was like... Crazy times. When we went over there, um, that was crazy like the just the people we were surrounded by bro like i think of it now and it just almost seems sounds like surreal now but it's almost like fucking all blacks bro oh like, we're definitely there skinny pigs <laughs> luke jacobson was our captain geordie couldn't come last minute you got tian falcon um fuck who else will caleb jordan, clark tima fine clark tima yeah will jordan fuck like bro we even had remember Braden tim Enel. farrell Braden Enel. tim farrell tom christie tom christie Shit, we Ryan Coxon, Sam Kidd. Yeah. Bro, like, that was a wild team, bro. And, yeah. Like, just to be around those guys and to learn. And I remember, like, when we had those um, sit down, um, like, chats where, like, strategy chats. Um, sorry. And, like, the nine and the ten had to run the chat. Yeah. You had to, like, go, oh, we had that green mat yeah, down yeah. on the ground with the rugby. Um, field on it and you had to we had to tell the team what the ga- game plan was and me and you Roland first game I think we started 9 and 10 first game I think or oh, maybe it was the second game um we just sat there and talked out our asses that whole time bro in front of all oh, these boys oh that's funny bro two young young buck 19 year old boys 18 18 18 no, bro yeah 18, 18 fresh bro, out of yeah. school bro um, moving those blocks the for all these fellas. Yeah, the blocks had numbers on them, and they'd depict like the position, so you'd move them around. So when we kick like, off yep. here, like these guys go here, and these yeah. guys will go back, and like yeah, we'll, we'll hit it here, and seven, eight, you're in this ruck, and then we. <laughs> so, and I, I specifically remember you and I being on all fours, yeah, <laughs> looking up, bro, seeing all these big dogs. Like, I just remember the look on their face, bro. They're like, we're in trouble, man. Bro, These kids don't know what we're you up to. You pulled through, G. I remember I, looking I, I at you like, quiet, I remember looking at you like, are we on the same page here or are we, <laughs> are we throwing ourselves under the bus? I but. was sacking it, bro. But like, that, yeah, that was cool. And then like, we, we obviously got to um, run out as nine and 10 um, for one of the games in a New Zealand 20s jersey, which is pretty mm. fucking special, man. Like, those are moments I'll never take for granted, eh? Like, yeah, bro. There's a cool photo. I'll actually chuck that up in a little snippet, bro. Chuck up the little photo of us um, doing the national anthem, like, next to each other and that. And, mm. um, like, yeah, just even, like, bro, because we've actually been through a lot together, bro. And, like, yeah. to think, like, you know, that little chat we had when we were 14 and um, which led to us making the schools team. And then, like, we were in Australia playing against Samoa um, and, and, and Australia as like a New Zealand 20s team like as a 9 and 10 like I remember just looking at each other in like changing room bro and like pinching ourselves bro like what the fuck were yeah you? I remember that what, what is us two fucking jokers <laughs> doing here <laughs> like who let these cats in <laughs> um but yeah but so f- fast forward it though and then um we obviously um 
both made the trip to Georgia. <laughs> I think I lost my boarding pass somewhere, but I never got on the bed. Yeah, obviously we um, both didn't make the cut that year. Um, I didn't help myself. I fucking did my foot. Mm. Um, and Do you think you would have been a show in there if you didn't break your foot? I had a yarn to them, bro, about, like, about it all. And um, they sort of said it was a lot to do with that, which frustrated me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, who knows? But they did sort of say to me. But I try not to think about because, bro, it is what it is, and like shit like that happens, and um, everything happens for a reason, bro. And they had two good halfbacks over there. But bro, getting the call. Um, do you remember getting the call and to say we didn't make Georgia? Yeah, yeah, vividly, bro. And then like we did those little because um, all the boys obviously went. They went through Doha airport to get there, and. Um, they were doing all the um, Doha filters and shit and they were on a 17 hour flight like 6 hours to go or something on a stopover and we were putting up <laughs> we were sending each other snapchats like <laughs> drawing the word Doha <laughs> oh a long 17 that's hour just flight you know, eh? that, just, that just screams at you just. but that's bro, that's that's us too like we just take the fucking mickey out of everything bro mm. so um, but yeah like so if we sort of fast forward that on um, to the following year bro um, we obviously both made made the Oceania again. Um, we went over there. Um, I guess a little bit more confident in the fact that we had been there before, um, and obviously went through the went through the Oceania tournament and came through the other side and fucking didn't make didn't make the cut again for World Cup. Two years and two years in a row must be a fucking record. We're but, pretty good at that, bro. You and I, bro. What like? I'll ask you what after. Oh, sorry. Actually, you first. What do you remember getting that call that year? Yeah, because that's the more important call. I think the first year we were still young, and it was like, "Fuck it, it was what it is. We've got one more year." Yeah, hundred percent. What 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 do you remember from it? Um, I remember being at home on my own. Um, I remember thinking, if I get a call from Rick D, I'm sweet. If I get a call from Potsy. I'm no good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's literally what it was, bro. And I remember. No uh, way, did Potsy call you? I just remember. Um, <laughs> I just remember just being real anxious, eh? Yeah. Just thinking, fuck, I don't know if I've done enough, you know? Like the camps were all right. I'd trained my ass off. Like I'd sacrificed half, like my whole life, bro, for yeah. the whole six months over summer. Um, did it things that made sacrifices that i'd never done before and really went to like a dark place to try and prove that i was good enough to be there again and yeah. i remember being told at camp we're gonna we're gonna all call you on this day and i thought beauty woke up bro anxious as tough day those ones eh? it was like mid morning bro 10 11 sitting down playing playstation trying to keep my mind off it hear my phone ringing <laughs> look at my phone bro potsy beauty <laughs> beauty so, oh. and pretty much just your standard chat bro like you know we've we've had a look at all the options ready ready rah um unfortunately we're not going to take you da, da, da. you're a good player all of that jazz and i just remember getting real emotional but trying to hide it yeah on the phone and i remember like getting short like you know when you your breath starts to shorten you yeah. like like yeah, that yeah 
it was like that. And I was like, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. And then just hung up. And I was the only one home. Like, my partner was in Auckland. I was living in Hamilton at the time. It was four hours from home. So um, I had pretty much all day to process it, bro. And didn't deal with it very well, eh, to be completely honest with you. Like, it probably took me a good month, six weeks to get over. Like, mm. at the time I was playing club footy, I wanted to front for my club because I loved it. But that was hard, man. It was hard braving something that I knew that feeling of, well, I felt like I wasn't good enough, but I felt like I'd let myself down, but let my family down, let yeah. my friends down, let my partner Being so down, young so. too, bro, I reckon, like, that definitely plays a factor in it. Like, we f- like, you feel like when you come out of school, like, if you think back to it, like, those are pretty big, you know, 20s is a pretty big deal, and, mm. like, it's pretty much a junior All Blacks, and, to like miss out on something like that at 19 years old and that's like your final chance to make it like there's all sorts of shit going through your head like 100%. family your friends what are you like what's everyone gonna think and 100% but I think for me like I dedicated my life to rugby yeah and that was all I was working towards and to dedicate literally my whole life like cleaned up my eating didn't drink did nothing for new year's like train 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 but i I moved out of um the chief's house and i and i decided to pay more rent as a 18 year old 19 year old just so i could focus on getting enough sleep you know like so i didn't have the distraction of living in a flat so like on saturday nights friday nights my flatmates were getting on the piss being rowdy so i could have a good sleep so i could train better i was rolling stretching like all of this stuff bro and like i it took the enjoyment out of the process yeah, yeah and when it didn't happen for me i was like damn like i look back on that whole journey of trying to make 20s as a bad experience yeah you yeah. know like a lot of learnings there but we i didn't enjoy anything about it i think yeah i think we definitely um didn't have the right mindset at the time for it like um and i mean it is what it is bro and like I think probably what hit a lot with you and I when it came to that sort of moment is that um, for a lot of the time in our rugby bro, like things had gone our way. Like we had gotten yeah. our scholarship, we had made schools, we had um, you made bar bars the year before schools. Um, we went to Oceania the year before. Um, that was like our big, and I think I remember that being it, my first big, like mm. fuck you, like get off your high horse kind of feeling like like that was like the first big setback that i felt bro i remember when um willie called me jay and i was at the supermarket and i like the call came through and i was like and i and at the time i was flatting with um isaiah walker with izzy from gizzy bro Mm. and i was with him and his missus bro um and we were like walking through one of the aisles and i answered the phone and she like looked at me and she was like is, is it like because he obviously played 20 so she knows how it works yeah and i was like and i was like, and I was like oh hey will he like answer the phone and then like we started talk for a little bit and then he was just like oh look wait there's no easy way to say this to you um and as soon as he said that bro I, my heart just dropped and i froze you know, oh, i just like stood damn. there and then like um izzy's missus bro like he, she just like kind of looked at me and could tell straight away and she just like hugged me while i was like on the phone and I was just like, um, just dropped the phone, G, and I, um, not dropped the phone, but like, hung, we hung up, we ended up driving home after groceries, but I crashed my car, G. <laughs> I crashed my car, bro. I was like, so not, like, 
there uh, yeah my head was just yeah. like there was a million things going on in my head bro and i um yeah i, I didn't stop fast enough at something like behind the car and i slammed on the brakes went off to the side and I crashed into a bank dude like it wasn't <laughs> like bad as but like um like yeah they're just you know not making a team bro to throw someone off that much like to the point where their head's so scrambled they can't even drive home bro like yeah. that's there's got to be something going on there and i feel like that's almost what's um a big part of our like rugby journey now and what we sort of preach around mental health and yeah um the fact that you got to sometimes remember that rugby is just a game and like there are other aspects to it and other aspects to life yeah 100 percent. my whole life was rugby and for that decision to not go my way it was like my whole life been taken away i had yeah. no idea what to do i didn't know how to conduct myself um i went into a real hole bro like eating macros every day waking up going to the gym fronting it bro going to the gym at chiefs in the mornings when like they'd put 20s up on on the tv and just mm. all be gymming and like all the boys would just be gymming and the 20s game would be there i remember that bro and bro, i just had to take it on the chin man like yeah do you remember thinking like, that's like, hard, man? Bro, that's and hard. I remember thinking at the time when I when I got the call, like, oh, when the um, when they name the team, like when it goes public, like I'm just thinking, fuck, what are people gonna message me and shit. Like I was just kept thinking, fuck this, like <laughs> I'm just gonna have to answer to so many people, like yeah. um, what happened and like and all this sort of shit, and could probably a lot to do because of not to f- say that like we were like chewins but like we had mm. been there before so like to to miss out on it was it was a little bit more than if you was like your first time going yeah it was like your second shot at it you were there at a younger age and like to go there again and, and to miss out again that was a little bit more like a little bit more intriguing or a little bit more different than yeah. than your usual case um but yeah i mean bro it's it's almost taken you onto a massive sort of mental health journey and um you've you've actually stopped sort of play, like you've you obviously played your minor 10 um you had a good stint at minor 10 you've played quite a few games for um taranaki and bro, i played like eight you? oh did you fully contract for two years probably played like eight games started maybe three. Oh, true oh yeah well so but you also like went to um like super as well like you had some preseason games for the Chiefs and you were in there a bit um, and in that system um, and then like to now bro like you actually stopped I remember you telling me one day you told me that you were going to stop playing rugby G mm. and I was like fuck like obviously that's that's where our whole fucking relationship started was yeah. through rugby and to hear that to hear that and it's obviously happens a lot more now but um, you were probably one of the first that was just like fuck fronted it and was just like and a lot to do with what your, your sort of mental space and that's kind of what you're I mean you've got the ballsy hoodie on now and mm. um, run through that G like your mental side of yeah bro for sure um, I think a lot of people get mistaken that that I'm diagnosed with something like I'm not um, I'm like any other person I have my good days I have my bad it's just a way of life so I think for me being so young as you mentioned earlier getting given everything, you're making this team, you're making that team. You don't expect it, but your ego grows. And mm. when I missed out on 20s, that second year in a row, like, my ego took a big hit, man. Like, mm. I was humble, like, but it just really hurt me for some reason. Like, yeah. cut me real deep, and I didn't know how to deal with that. At the time, 
my nana had just passed away as well so she was like the stalwart of our family bro so i had that going on i was living by myself eating like shit playing playstation fronting um gaining weight and i remember going up to auckland to see my partner Mm. And I remember picking her up from, she was having a few drinks with a mate. I remember picking her up. It was the first time I'd seen her since missing out on 20s. Oh, wow. And I remember she heard just jumping in the car and her putting her arm out. And I just fell into her arms and just started crying, bro, for no reason. Like, hadn't felt like crying at all, but just being given that safe space made me realize, bro, that I was like actually in a little bit of a hole. Um, and I think that whole process of me deciding to hang the boots up. Um, temporarily, may I add, um, kind of made me realize that, man, I've got some serious work to do personally before I think about enjoying my footy again. Because yeah. I wasn't enjoying it, bro, to be completely honest. Like, I had to go into training, yeah. hated playing. I enjoyed for the, I enjoyed for that final whistle to blow so I could just chill out again. Yeah. So, um, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of stress, but, best decision man so have you changed the way you deal with that sort of stuff now because i know if you like went back and you're probably going to um go back and play footy how do you think what and what you've changed in your mindset how you would deal with it now as opposed to how you would have dealt with it back in back when you um i think looking probably going forward i've got a life outside of rugby now yeah so i don't see rugby as the be all and end all for sure so when something doesn't go my way in the footy arena i don't feel down about it mm. it's not the end of the world like i've got other stuff i can focus on yeah, other stuff yeah. that i've got a passion for ultimately and back in the day if things didn't go my way i'd i'd sulk um i'd blame it on something else mm. i'd blame it on the coaches um ultimately if i was better than the other person i'm probably nine times out of ten would have got picked so Blame it on yourself, Ron, you know, type of thing. So I was a blamer. Um, I was a sulker. But now if I was put, to put myself in that position, I'd be like, oh, it's sweet as, bro. Easy as, like, I'm just here to do my job and here to hopefully make the team win. If that's three minutes off the bench, if that's, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So I think for me, biggest thing is rugby's not my ultimate anymore. And... I'm grateful that I realised that real early, bro. Hundred percent, for sure. And like, I've I've found that obviously similar things, bro, with you, as you, the fact that like, yeah, playing rugby is not is literally not everything. And yeah. like, you know, there's more to life. You know, like I've had my son now. Um, I've got my business at the moment, and um, like you've got your like you've you've now become a police officer and. Um, things like that give you perspective on life and you just actually think shit like the things that I thought really really mattered at the time now that I think about it they don't really matter they don't mean nothing man and it's it's but and it's it seems easy now thinking back at it like back back to it now but at the time it feels so much different yeah 100% 100% and trying to preach that bro because like you know it's it's not uncommon for kids to feel that that are coming through the systems yeah well it's normal bro it's normal it's it's the system that they're in and you and i went through it and you can't help but feel that way that rugby is the be all and end all because yeah. it is man 100 percent is and each person will find out that it's not at a certain age um in a certain time in their journey but i was lucky to uh to kind of 
cotton on real early so real grateful that i gave up the boots bro um yeah i felt like i was the only one going through what i was going through when i look back at it now i was one of many men yeah and i remember making the decision in myself telling my family telling my partner but there's no way i was telling the boys bro like that's mm. like there's like i'm still 18 you know i've made might of two years in a row i'm 20s you know like i'm meant to have a good career type of thing but when I made that decision, I struggled to articulate why. Yeah. And when I put out that post on Instagram, I'd been sitting on that for like a week, bro. Mm. Just one of those things that, you know, when you have an idea and you're like, like you make all these ideas around it and you prep it up and stuff and then you almost want to like drop it or post about it yeah. and then you're like, nah, try it again the next day. Nah. It was like that for like a week. And like one day, for some reason, I just woke up and thought, you know what? Who cares, man? Yeah. Press the share button. And, bro, the amount of, like, feedback and support that I got was crazy, mm. crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like my journey is a lot different to others, um, but no journey is meant to be the same. So I'm, I kind of want to use my journey as, like, the voice for other, other people. It doesn't have to be in rugby yeah. to – kind of give them more of an idea about the rugby system. I'm not trying to get people like thrown under the bus or anything yeah. like that. I'm just trying to speak the truth about what it's like and my experiences, my opinions. So that's kind of where this whole mental health journey started is that like the space that I was in, I didn't really realize I was in it until yeah. I look, look back at it. So I kind of want to raise awareness around that and say, hey, look, pro sport yeah it's cool signing autographs taking photos playing on tv all of that jazz cool what about the stuff that happens behind closed yeah, doors yeah. you know so that's kind of the the realm that i kind of want to get into that i'm trying to preach and i'm really enjoying it bro um really proud of he was on your podcast a couple of months ago or about a month ago solly yep. for him opening up about his mental health battles so it's more common than we think, man, and yeah. I'm just grateful that I've been able to have enough courage to share it, and I'm seeing a lot of brothers kind of come out and do the same. So, it's, And finding your way to deal with it, eh? Like, because everyone's yeah. different. Um, and I feel like the way you found to deal with it is the same way I've found to deal with it. Um, you think that it has a negative effect on your footy, but it actually has a positive effect on it. Like, not thinking that rugby's everything doesn't mm. help finding things that interest you outside of footy and finding things that you can fully dive into because i remember when i first started one throughout i was like this is and i said it to so many people this is the first time that i've found something that i'm so passionate about and i devoted time to that isn't rugby yeah. it's the first time and i'm fucking what am i like i was 20 at the time like 21 maybe and like that's just like to find that that like at that time i was just like wow it's it's a hot it made me sort of take perspective but so you've like you obviously found other things now and um you run your podcast um the crm podcast which you've rebranded um have you found that bro it's been a journey man like I, the main reason why i started it was that whole reason why i quit rugby i found it i struggled to articulate why i left the game for me it was an opportunity to sit down and kind of sit down and nut out why yeah but articulate that to everyone mm. in a way that they could kind of understand so 
Um, that was one of the main reasons why I started it. Um, second reason was I felt like I had a platform. I had a status. I, I didn't want that to go to waste. Yeah. Um, and I wanted people to learn from my journey, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Who, who, what kind of person am I to kind of just feel sorry for myself and sit back in my in my lounge watching rugby on the TV mm. when my experiences can help someone grow, help yeah, someone learn, sure. you know? So, like, that's that's another reason why I started it. But it's been a journey, man. Like, I remember you had started yours. Actually, I remember listening to one of your podcasts, How to Make a Podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. how I started mine. <laughs> so um Shit. yeah if you want to make a podcast Plug. just <laughs> if you want to make a podcast just scroll down a bit just scroll down um yeah i mean it's been wicked I've, i'm like 20 episodes in um i've had a lot of variety of like the guests and stuff a lot yeah. of it's been at the start my experiences my journey um had a few guests from digital marketers to entrepreneurs vintage business owners footy players my dad um kind of been in like a year now i kind of want to start categorizing a little bit more so when people come they kind of understand what it's all about yeah and what it will be will be rugby so my experiences through rugby um the boys that i played with that have gone on like obviously i've had tian and tom christie brad slater xavier the likes the last couple months um sharing their stories and just kind of diving a little bit deeper into that I've played with them for like three or four years. Some of the stuff they said while I'm recording them, I had no idea about, you know? And so there'll be like that rugby element to it. Um, They'll be kind of keen on like diving into like the younger boys, um, kind of building like a a cotton ball around them leading into the footy arena. Um, So when they go from 20s to MITRE and Super, the fans know who they are. They know what school they went to. They know how they grew up, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Um, giving them a bit more of background of, oh, yeah, this guy, he's yeah. he's young and he's shit. You know, like, yeah, he's young. It's his first game, but he went to Gizzy Boys and he grew up give them a platform without a dad, you know, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, like, give people more a bit more substance around these boys because um, it's a, the media kind of frame it to be a pretty bad yeah. kind of place. And that's something that I kind of want to touch on. The other thing will be, my experiences through life, my opinions, um, and just normal entrepreneurs and guests and people who want to share their story. Like mm. ultimately, it's a platform for others to elevate themselves. I love hearing about different stories, different childhoods, how they grew up, um, nice, and all of that, bro. So it's been different. I started with like one USB mic, <laughs> still got it. Humble, <laughs> definitely not a setup like this, but fuck, man, it is what it is, eh? Bro, so you obviously like you became a cop as well now um you went to police school or police college whatever you call it um and now you're fully fully into that bro like how have you found that i love it bro yeah yeah i love it you look like you love it man yeah you know what bro like aside from being a cop like i'm happy again yeah like and that's what i've been telling all the boys that i catch up with that I haven't seen in a few years after after um, not playing footy for a while, like I'm happy again. Like my life's, I feel like I'm in control of my own life again. Yeah, which yeah. is such a good feeling. So, yeah, bro. I remember making that decision, as I said, to kind of pull pin on footy for a while, and I kind of thought about it. Um, maybe like a month before, I was like, oh, it'll be cool, like be different. 
Um, didn't really know what it all entailed. Went online, apply, <laughs> applied straight away. <laughs> just thought, oh, fuck, why not? Wasn't really thinking much, just bang, tap, hit enter. Yeah. Um, had a few medicals, eye tests, physical tests, academics. And bro, I just found myself in this space where I was no longer anxious about leaving rugby. Yeah, it's cool. Bro. I was like excited for life again. Like I was excited to... Bro, I remember seeing a cop car go past a rubber neck until it fucking went out of the distance. Like I'd be like, fuck, what are these, kids? What are these guys up to? You know, type of thing. Like, like my mindset can just completely change, man. And like yeah. that was real refreshing for me because I'd never had that in my life. So... You've obviously seen some buzzy stuff too, bro. Give it, you see, give us like a little, um, mm. little story of like you know that something that you've ha- that's happened to you now being a cop, and you've just been like, holy shit! I've actually, um, story, bro. There's a lot of things, stories, but there's a lot of things. Probably one that I could probably keep a little bit PG. Um, hard to say, man. To be honest, like. Every day is different, and like I remember, and it's hard because there's a lot of victims out there as well, and you know, like in, in terms of respect for them. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> I remember, I remember, like a guy, a guy and his partner, um, that had a, a little bit of a disagreement, and like we're talking like rural Taranaki, so you know, like he chances are that he's got a firearm just the colors cows and stuff like that so he had access to a firearm and victim danger all of that type of stuff that we take really seriously um i remember talking to my boss and him and i cleared this apartment bro with guns and like i'd only been in the force for like four or five months and like it was dark um we thought this guy had a shotgun and like all of these crazy feelings are just rushing through your body like and, like, it's hard to say because, you know, like, played on TV, you know, like, scored tries on TV, you know, like, fans, criticism, players, all of that stuff. Like, we're used to that. That's our realm. Yeah. You should be used to this. It's completely different, man. Yeah. Like, like, fuck, what if he's behind this door? Man, what about this door, you know? Like, trying to remember all your training and stuff. And I remember, like, we'd cleared the whole house and we couldn't find him. And I was first to enter this last room and... It's real weird, real weird, but I could smell something different in the room. Like I, I, I could smell that it was different from the rest of the house and it was like significantly warmer than the other room. And I was like, well, he's 100% in here. Um, and I remember like clearing the room, all good, wardrobe, all good. And I was like, well, he's in here somewhere. And I remember like, I remember getting down on my knee because like, there was a bed obviously in the middle of the room. I was like, got down on my knee like removed the dressing gown from from the floor and i just saw his hand like that saw his hand like that i was like oh <laughs> show me your hands bro please show me your hands type of thing and went off without a hitch bro and it was almost like a relief to put that put that gun back away because i was like man like this is this is crazy yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. this is crazy and this is crazy man. You know, <laughs> like, wild, bro, bro, you know like i was just saw his hand there, bro, like that. Just That's imagine seeing a hand with like tattoos and shit. I was like, oh my 
That's literally like some SWAT shit, G. Have you, do you watch SWAT? Bro, I'm on the second season. I've <laughs> yeah. binge watched the first season. Bro, I've only been watching it for like three days, bro. Um, Hondo, the goats. Gun. But like seeing them, like, and I, we were watching it the other day, me and Ayla, and I was just like to her, like, but imagine doing this in real life. Like, mm. fuck that. Like, mm. it would be so scary, bro. Like, abandoned house, like, going through it, looking for a person with a gun or whatever. And, um, but you're pretty, you're like living that, bro, which is pretty freaky, man. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you never know when it's coming, bro. Yeah. Um, you could be 4 a.m. on a night shift, needing to sleep urgently. And then it happens. Drifting off, drifting off, boom, 111 call. And you're into it, you know, like it's an emotional roller coaster at work, bro. You know, like you go to a disorder, you get spat on, and then uh, you have to go and tell someone that their loved one's passed away, you know. So, like, you've got to be emotionally intact as well when you go to work. So, um, yeah, there's like guns and chases and stuff, but one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was tell someone that their loved one's passed nah, away. That's, that's the worst yeah, thing ever, that's bro. That's terrible. That's scary, bro. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you, know, you obviously now you're, you're, moved into like trying to get a dog and, and whatnot i see you're trying to enter that area right so you're trying to sort of yeah it's a, a it's a long-term dream of mine man like when i first joined police that was all the only reason why i joined police to be honest was to hopefully one day be a dog handler and um slowly getting there towards my goal but it's again it's like it's like footy bro it's like picking your choose type yeah. of thing so um, I'll try and work my way towards my goal and I yeah. think this time like I'm enjoying the process a lot more and I don't think I'll be as disappointed this time if I ever miss out So, because yeah, yeah. I know that there's more to life now so um, I'm grateful for that experience to kind of yeah. shift my mindset um, but it's something it'll be a wicked job man um, the dream job as a cop for sure and I think like yeah it's cool catching bad guys who have just run into your grandma's house and stolen some of their stuff but you kind of build that community relationship being a dog handler as well so there's two sides to it man and yeah. that's something that i'm really big on and as you know it's kind of part of my personality so um i'd highly recommend if you want to join police man 100 give it a go like every day is different yeah. um it's exciting it's nerve-wracking you get anxious you get excited and um you see a lot and you learn a lot so well, it's pretty cool to see you sink your teeth into something that you're really passionate about again, bro, because um, obviously with the footy and it sort of went off and um, the passion sort of went away and it's just good as a friend as well to see you find something that, like, um, you love doing again and, mm. like, because I can fucking tell you love doing it. And, yeah. Um, obviously, we catch up heaps, bro. We're on the phone all the time and um, just, yeah, some of, just the way you talk about it, bro, is, is pretty cool. It's pretty inspirational, bro, actually. So, um Bro, we got we got a bit of a Q and A here, bro, for you. Um, Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. How there I feel were about heaps this. of jokers that turned up, <laughs> but we'll just put down the main ones. <laughs> <laughs> Who were they? Oh, bro, heaps, bro. Um, Bailey asked, um, "Do you still sniff undies?" <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Sniffing some undies and lens. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that is him. <laughs> he is full of shit, bro. Um, Stuff that dude. That's crazy. Now he's gone on. What he's gone on to, bro. Oh, Bailey Simonson, the Raiders. Rig, bro. He's up. not even that good. Yeah, bro, I, Rig a doom, eh? Uh, it sort of pisses me off. He's bro. funny, bro. Him and I had a real good relationship, eh? I'm wanting to get him on my podcast, but yeah, that'll be going. Good little chat. Yeah. 
what uh, what made you go? <laughs> See, again, I don't know if this was a dig or if it was being serious or not. But what made you go from high school rugby star to a police officer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we kind of touched on it back yeah, then, but yeah. Why is your nickname Schlops? <laughs> <laughs> Was it X? I can't remember. But it Cheeky just keeps going. bastard. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story. So when I was kind of like making all those sacrifices for 20s in that last camp, um, in that last year, sorry. Bro, I was fat, man. I was fat, like I was 96 kgs maybe as a 10, like. Bro, I was struggling to get around the park, bro. True. You know, like my playing weight was 96 realistically should have been 92 93 so carrying an extra three kgs was bad man mm. um my nutrition was average um as much as i like to tell myself that it was all good it wasn't uh <laughs> and i remember what have been like two or three months out from 20s camp i was like right i need to get my skinnies down asap so i cut out all carbs bro oh, i remember you talking about this at no camp. bread no rice no pasta no nothing it actually was detrimental bro. My, <laughs> my skinny's went up bro <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you're joking bro went, went, went to went to 20s my skinnies were like 90 and as a 10 they should be like 40s 50s that's the other thing they eh, probably with footy is um i reckon that hit me a lot too is the um you're constantly judged. Solomon talked about this in our podcast, bro, yeah, which I'd never really thought about. Um, yeah, you're constantly tested and judged based on your abilities to perform, like mm. your skin folds, bro. You get tested like every two weeks or a month on how fat you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Yeah. And like, of course it's going to have an effect on you if you're not like straight. And I remember like one time I did mine, bro, and it was like in the, um, yeah, it was like in the nineties or something like that, bro. I remember, um, and they put the like skinnies out on the thing at Wellington on the lines at on the table, and like the boys were like, coming up to me, fuck, bro, you're sloppy, yeah, bro. Yeah, you like, fat prick. It's embarrassing, bro. Oh, you bro. get like you get. It is, of, bro. It is. And, like, you're your right. Fitness tests, your strength tests, like you're constantly judged. Yeah, man. So um, that's a good point you bring up because you are constantly judged yeah. man. Like if you think about it like that, you get tested on how fat you are. Like that's out the <laughs> gate, man. Who even? Who even does that? Inhumane people. Um, uh, but yeah, bro. So I remember going to twenties camp. Skinnies were out the gate on the piss, and like, bro, I was I wasn't even drinking, bro. That's the weird thing. Like, imagine if I was on the piss, I'd be clocking three three clicks, bro. I'd be over a hundred. So I remember like, not getting made an example of, but I remember like getting told to stand up at twenties camp from the nutritionist to like share my story. And I was like, yeah, hey boys, obviously we all know that I've come to camp as a sloppy cunt. <laughs> remember that that's probably where it all come from but bro i remember it's one of the first things i did when i hung up the boots i was like i lost all this weight so a good mate of mine's a bodybuilder and he does like um he does clients and stuff oh yeah did eight week challenge bro i went from 96 kgs to 81 in eight weeks so lost all the fat um it was good to do something in the gym like different yeah. Not like power, not speed, like doing proper weights and stuff. So nice. And now I'm like yeah. maintaining it like 86 kgs, bro. Yeah. So my body's looking a lot better. Mine's a lot better Feel for better. it. Nice, Gene. Uh, your, uh, your go-to coffee? Trim flat white, bro. Or a soy flat white. Soy flat white? Yeah. 
Have you had oat milk, bro? Yeah, I have. It's terrible. Uh, nah, I can't drink it, bro. Sure. I can't drink it. I used to, I used to um, have... I first started having coffee. It was mocha. Yeah. Sugar of doom. Yeah. And then <laughs> caramel latte. Sugar of doom. <laughs> caramel why latte I'm schlops, bro. bro. Yeah. Kid who put me onto that. And then... Um, yeah, bro, I've gone to soy flat white, but... When I'm at work, just straight black coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trying to get into that, eh? Bro, 2 a.m. in the morning, dozing off. Black coffee, man. Hadin, Does did you drink it all? Nah, not a chance, bro. Nice. Yeah. Not a chance. Um, how do you separate work life from personal life? That's the last one there. Um, it's a big one, bro, and I find myself... I'm really happy with the balance that I've got at the moment. So I think for a lot of cops, they work with cops... But they also flat with cops, and they're like just always in that environment. Like oh, for yeah. me, like I think I'm one of the only cops who has a podcast. Like has a life. Obviously, everyone's got a life outside of work. Yeah. But for me, yeah, like mine's a lot different. So, like I go to work, I'm a cop, sweet. But I come home and like I go out to dinner with friends. Um, I listen to like. I listen to like different music that other cops listen to, you know, like I like style, I like fashion, I like, I dress a lot different to mm. other cops. Um, I've got a podcast, like what kind of cop, like a lot of cops keep their life secret. Like for me, yeah, cool, I'm a cop, but Mike, I'm, I'm Sharan, I'm not a cop, you know, mm. like Sharan's got more of a story than me being Sharan the cop, so. It's not by accident too, I reckon that's, um, that's got a lot to do with what you've learned through your footy journey and 100%, stuff. 100%, so. like I'm more than a cop you know i'm a rugby player i'm a cop i'm like a, you know like yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what i want to portray to everyone so um i find it real easy to switch off from work um, and good. like i can sleep heaps bro like after night shift i wake up at 5 p.m sure. you know so um music fashion talking to the boys um planning stuff on your days off yeah exercising all of that stuff so um and obviously, bro, we got some pretty cool things um, we've been talking about and planning and um, obviously around a potential like sort of talk show where we sit down and we chat more and um, in depth about shit and um, like more of like a regular sort of thing. Um, but also, obviously, what I'm trying to build with my 138 and um, the content sort of game and the um, yeah, that social media side of things and how you're sort of keen to jump on and... Um, almost build a little crew, bro, that we can start kind of scaling out under. Um, yep. I'll just, that one through, it's sort of like a banner for us to do that. So um, I'm excited for that, bro. Um, to rub shoulders, hopefully we'll sort of be up here soon. So mm, yeah. um, we'll see you a lot more often than that. Um, but, bro, I just want to thank you for your time, G. I appreciate you coming in, bro. Um, this is like your last day off, so it's pretty cool for, to, for you to come in and, like, you know, give me a f- few hours of your time, G, to to sort of share your story and that. So um, I appreciate it, bro. And um, You're doing good things, bro, and I'm happy to see you happy. And um, obviously, always, always got you, G, so. 100%, bro. bro. The, feeling's, the feeling's mutual, bro. Like, you know, well, I tell you every day that all my days that I'm fucking proud of you and where you've come, and obviously our journeys are similar, but the journey never ends, bro. Like, yeah, we're footy players deep down, but fuck, we're more than that, so. Um, again I'm proud of you man you're definitely leading the way for this content game and I'm keen to help out wherever I can and more so as a friend and a brother than a business partner so that's us but howdy bro mean ciao brother
You know what always buzzes me out about potties? What? Is that like you can go on tangents. Mm. 